Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Real Presence Live. Uh, we're so very glad that you uh, are with us today. We got a we have a great program. We have a great program, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad you're here. Um, my name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with uh, co-host Doug Jillick. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Mike, and good morning to all listeners. Yes, uh, we are broadcasting live from Steffes in North Dickinson. We are on the third floor of their building with big windows here. You can see, uh, you know, it's snowing lightly. It's only a negative 36 below zero wind chill, but other than that, it's a beautiful day, Doug. Yes, it is, and I'm glad we decided not to do it outside today. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll wait a few months for that. <laughs> but anyway, as we do on every show, we start off like we should with prayer. And this morning, we have a fourth-year seminarian from the Diocese of Bismarck, Isaiah Jellick here. Good morning, Isaiah. Good morning, Mike. And please, uh, would you lead us in prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Please fill our minds and our hearts. Guide the conversations that are had on this show today. Please help us call to mind all the great things that you have given us throughout this year as we go into this Christmas season. May we be attentive to the movements that you put in our hearts that we may not let this Christmas go by but rather go into it with a joyful heart and a grateful heart. Blessed Mother, you are the mediatrix of all graces. We ask that we may receive all the graces that you want us to receive on behalf of your Son. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beautiful job, Isaiah. Thank you for that prayer on this fourth week. We're in the middle of the fourth week of Advent. Time flies, ladies and gentlemen, and we hope that you are uh, preparing, still preparing for this uh, uh, great, great uh, feast day coming up uh, this and the season of Christmas. But nonetheless, uh, uh, Isaiah, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, you are on break, and uh, you get to come home. Mm -hmm. uh, you are in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, one of the most beautiful cities in the world and right next uh, your your schooling is right next to the uh help me out the cathedral of the immaculate conception the national shrine of the immaculate the national Conception. shrine That's thank, right. yeah yep. thank you okay all right so well let's get right into it um mike i, I just do have to say first of all um for the listeners out there uh, isaiah is my son and yes. i just want to make sure i get my good morning into him because i think mostly what i said the last half hour here before we got here was do you understand you have to be here at eight o'clock you're opening a <laughs> prayer the typical parent thing if all those know as parents do but he got here so ah, wonderful good morning isaiah good so, morning dad and uh yeah thank you for that uh, clarification doug and uh so isaiah um please uh, uh for those that you don't know you uh, across the listening network of Ten dioceses and five states. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, sure. So I was born and raised uh, here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Um, and as you just heard, uh, I was raised by my parents, one of them being Doug Jillick uh, and my mom. Uh, and amen to that. Uh, raised with a family of eight. I've got two sisters, three brothers. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was uh, born and raised in the Catholic faith with a beautiful, strong foundation. Uh, uh, confession every uh, two weeks, uh, Sunday Mass, um, night prayer together as a family. So it was a really beautiful, strong fo uh, foundation. Uh, and then I went to uh, Trinity Catholic Schools uh, all the way through. I uh, graduated from there in 2019. Uh, I began discerning uh, the call in my junior year of high school. Uh, and then I started my application the second semester of my senior year. And I got accepted in April of my senior year of high school uh, to uh, get sent to St. John Paul II Seminary in Washington, D.C. Uh, and so I've been going there for four years now. Uh, this upcoming semester will be my last semester out in Washington, D.C. Uh, and then I'm getting a philosophy degree. Uh, the first four years of seminary, you get a philosophy degree. So I'm uh, finishing up my philosophy degree at, through the Catholic University of America uh, down there as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, in, in the fourth year, now this is, uh, I, you know, I can't believe that you've been, uh, you know, I've known you all your life. Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I can't believe uh, four years just flew right by. But uh, uh, so, yeah, th th the fourth year in seminary is a is a, a transition year or a, a, a decision making year for the bishop for for you can you explain that a little bit yeah so after your fourth year of uh, what's called college seminary so the first four years is called college uh, seminary you then move on to theology uh, which will then be another four years um, and you don't stay at the same school for that you get moved uh, to another school and in our diocese we either send to the North American College in Rome or uh, Kenrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis. Uh, and so uh, this month, uh, Bishop will actually be telling me uh, where he will be sending me uh, to go for major seminary. Uh, and it's there in major seminary that you uh, begin wearing clerics as a seminarian. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's a discernment uh, kind of comes up a notch, be, um, especially because you go on this uh, track in which you uh, become uh, a they really start to actually look at you as a possibility of, uh, to be a priest. Uh, they call it candidacy. They give you something called candidacy, which is more of an official stamp saying, okay, we've seen that you've grown as a human and in your faith life in the first four years, and so now we're going to uh, be honest, be seriously considering uh, letting you join our ranks. And so, yeah, this year uh, you're a little bit more intentional with discernment, trying to uh, listen to God a little more closely about uh, what he wants you to do going forward, uh, while also fully receiving uh, what he wants you to receive in your senior year. And then, yeah, uh, you just get to wait and see where Bishop wants you to go for the next four. Mm -hmm. and, and those options are what, Isaiah? Oh, uh, again, yeah, the North American College in Rome uh, or uh, Kenrick Lennon uh, Seminary in St. Okay. Louis. Yeah. Now, one, uh, some of our listeners would say, well, what have you been doing these last four years when you're discerning, uh, have been discerning this time? What, mm -hmm. What's the difference? Uh, you talked a little bit about the second four years, which mm -hmm. is the major, they call it. And then what about the, the first four years of minor? What, what goes on there? And, and where'd mm -hmm. you stay and, who, you know, who'd you live with? Yeah, yeah. So for the first four years, uh, uh, living at St. John Paul II seminary. Uh, I lived with about 50 men throughout all those four years. Um, and then uh, they uh, also call it the discipleship phase. So it's really the first four years are focused on making you a good Christian man, uh, making sure you can make your bed in the morning and get your homework in on time. Just kind of make uh, to see uh, 
that you can do the things a responsible adult male uh, needs to be able to do. Because if you can't do those basic things, such as making your bed, uh, getting your homework in on time, going to church, uh, chapel on time, uh, then you're not going to be a, a good priest. And so um, the first four years are really just make, helping you uh, grow and form you in that fir- the, those beginning stages of the spiritual life and showing you uh, the ropes uh, to the beginning of a beautiful relationship with Christ while also making sure you have the human qualities and responsibilities necessary uh, to perform your tasks and functions well. Um, and so because that's the focus, um, you still discern, you still listen, guys still discern out in and out very well uh, mm-hmm. during these first four years. Um, but... Uh, a lot of guys just mainly focus on that human aspect. So going forward, you're now more so uh, not so much trying to discern how is God calling me forward as an, um, a Christian male, but how is God calling me forward to this call of celibate priesthood? It's more intentionally focused on uh, the end goal now uh, of that celibate priesthood. Mm-hmm. And you're going to regular classes. Correct. Yep. And, um, and, and what's your what are your primary studies that in these fir- first four years? Yeah. So first four years, I'm getting a bachelor's in philosophy, and I'm pretty much a normal college student except for all those uh, other seminarians ta- uh, with, uh, coming along with it. So I attend classes through Catholic University of America. I've got normal classmates. I've got a normal five day class schedule like every other uh, like all the other students. We go down to campus for their campus events. Um, so it's really a really beautiful opportunity. Uh, one, to stay grounded and realize that uh, um, you're, you're just like a, a normal human like the rest of them. So they, your uh, classmates can really help you grow in that formation as well um, and in those human relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just like a normal college student uh, sure. in that right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, uh, uh, we're visiting with Isaiah Jillick. He is a fourth-year seminarian in the... Uh, a Diocese of Bismarck. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with co-host Doug Jillick, and uh, we're broadcasting from Steffes and North Dickinson. But Isaiah, uh, I, I'm just thinking of the listeners, and some of them are maybe new listeners, and they're hearing, uh, hearing you speak about your commitment to your faith. And you're, you're 22 years old? That's right. 22 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they're thinking, oh, this young man is is uh is got a love uh for jesus christ he's he's so uh strong in his faith and what was it that uh inspired you uh to take this dive into uh, becoming a priest of jesus christ mm-hmm well, firstly, I have to uh, give thanks once again to my family and that sure. firm foundation I was raised on. Uh, the uh, weekly and even daily recipi- uh, being a daily recipient of the sacraments because of uh, my Catholic uh, education, going to Catholic schools, and then uh, frequent confession uh, really uh, plants the seeds in which God can really pull on your heart. So that was always there, and I was really grateful for that. And then once again, in uh, my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. Um, we got a new uh, chaplain, and his name was Father Dosh, uh, and he is now my vocations director, uh, the priest who's in charge of all the seminarians. And um, in, taking, uh, in taking his class, he uh, really uh, started to show us and teach us to believe uh, why Catholics believe what they believe. And, um, J- 
And so, um, uh, when he was uh, teaching us in this class, and maybe I was just paying attention for the first time, <laughs> I really started to feel this fire uh, grow inside of my heart for the faith. Um, realizing, especially that it's truth, that there was reason behind uh, the things the Catholic Church teaches, and it wasn't just a list of rules. Um, and so I really started to feel this uh, fire to grow in my heart. Um, I also, uh, he had us read this book called uh, St. John Paul the Great, The Man Who Be, oh, excuse me, uh, St. John Paul the Great and His Five Loves. Um, and once again, while I was reading this book, I started to feel this uh, attraction uh, and this desire to live the life that he led uh, that gave so much joy to others. Um, and then, uh, as I tell so many people, like when it comes to prayer or they just go like, uh, they wonder, why do I have to go to Mass or why do I have to pray or do this? I usually just say, you just got to meet the man. Because uh, once you meet the man, that's what changes everything. So I had a moment in my junior year of high school where I met the man. Um, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus really spoke to me in which... Uh, uh, we were watching a movie. Father Dash was gone for a, a week. We were watching a movie called Carol Wojtyla, the man who became Pope. Uh, Carol Wojtyla then becoming Pope John Paul II. And there was a scene in which there was a priest ministering to the people uh, during uh, Nazi reign in Poland um, and hiding in an attic. And in that moment, I felt such a strong desire to live that life. I just looked up uh, to heaven and said in my mind, God, if you want me to be a priest, I'll be a priest. And I was immediately filled with a joy and a peace that I've never experienced before. Uh, it literally felt like water flowing from my head to my feet. I wanted to like get up and dance. <laughs> and then I got, uh, became afraid because I was like, what the heck was that? And so that's really what uh, began that discernment process. And so that beginning uh, uh, accompanied with uh, just constant joy in going to the chapel when praying. Uh, just coming to know God better. Uh, you can't help but want to pursue that relationship in this profound way. So it wasn't so much anything I did, but it was when he introduced himself that changed my life. So it was, it was uh, being open. Uh, you know, you, you said planting seeds all your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden you have this, you're, you're, you had an openness for the relationship with God. And then all of a sudden you had this uh, real calling or this real, um, yeah, it's a, it was a call mm -hmm. from God. And uh, we'll talk more about that af after we come back. We have to take a break right now, ladies and gentlemen. But don't go away. We'll be right back with more of uh, Isaiah Jellick, the seminarian from Bismarck Diocese. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. 
Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1.8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. We're just very glad that you're with us today. Thank you for joining us. We have uh, Isaiah Jillick, the uh, fourth-year seminarian from the Diocese of Bismarck, with us this morning. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with uh, co-host Doug Jillick, and we're broadcasting from Steffes in North Dickinson. We're on the third floor, and uh, uh, you know, we're, you can we can see where you grew where you grew up, Doug. Just just about anyway. Just about. That's that's how yes. far up in the air we are. But but anyway, I'm here with uh, uh, Doug Jillick, my co-host. He's the father of Isaiah Jillick, who is a seminarian in the Diocese of Bismarck. So, Doug, uh, we had some great discussion on the break so please go ahead you you have this thought yeah i, I want to share as a parent uh to parents out there when you think about um about your sons or daughters being called to a vocation of religious life that you might uh isaiah talked about going to confession every two weeks um an environment of that our prayer life things like that you know that was an environment and that's how we are called as parents to uh, raise our kids in that sense um every environment is going to be different we provide an environment to support uh to be loved by god to receive god and also love back and, but Isaiah still needed to make it his own. Um, and, and every one of your kids, no matter they're called a religious life, uh, vocation, or being single life, uh, they have to ha- make it a call to, to be their own at some time. So don't put pressure on yourself. Just do what you're called to do and provide that environment and keep praying um, for them. I have uh, three other boys at home and two other girls, and um, one one of my daughters are called to uh, the marriage uh, life at this time, vocation, and who knows what the other boys will be called to. So the best we can do as parents is provide that environment and support and through also a school of the Trinity High School uh, there and pray for, continue to pray for your kids. Uh, that's mm-hmm. all I would say there. So, Very good. Well, thank you for that, Doug. Uh, thank you for that insight. That's, that's very important. And so back to, back to Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, you mentioned a, a, your very interesting and intriguing story about your call to this, to to the priesthood, and uh, 
you know, I know the listeners are out there. I, I want to know more. I want to know more. And uh, can you uh, can you expand on that? Uh, uh, you know that was a profound moment in your life, and you and you you described it as this water flowing throughout your 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 body and soul, and and so can you just explain that a little bit more? Uh, you are always open to your faith, but then you you receive this call. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Unpack that a little bit. Of course, yeah. So your faith life uh, starts to change a lot uh, when. First, have that real deep encounter with uh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it especially becomes uh, real and living in that way. So before that, uh, it was a lot of more so going through the motions, which isn't necessarily bad enough itself. One still needs to go through uh, Sunday Mass and uh, the like. But when you actually, uh, when you actually first uh, have that encounter with Christ you begin to realize what the Catholic faith is really trying uh, to offer. It's not trying to offer just like this set of rules of how you're supposed to live, but rather it's uh, showing you the life you get to live. Um, And so once you uh, meet the man, uh, meet the man himself. uh, And can you explain that a little Mm -hmm. bit? Uh, Who's the man you're referring to here, please? Yeah, yeah. So the man being Jesus Christ. And I like to say meet the man because a lot of times people can start to make Jesus into this abstract idea that, or this concept that I just talk to him who's way up there and far away sometimes. Uh, whereas uh, he's actually this real living person who wants to have this tangible relationship with you. He was a man on earth and still is in heaven. He was raised body and soul into heaven. Uh, and so uh, when I say meet the man, I like to, it usually grounds uh, uh, one to realizing how real his existence is and uh, that relationship he's calling you uh, to. So when you hear uh, friendship with Christ, uh, think of the friendships that you have with your closest friends uh, or the relationships you have uh, with your parents or siblings. Uh, And just how with your friends, when you talk to them, they uh, not only listen, but they also respond. Uh, And so when people really start to enter into the faith life uh, and they meet the man, uh, they can really come to expect that uh, that reality, that uh, realness of a relationship in which you speak to him and you will have moments in which he talks back to you and you know without a doubt that was God. That was, that was who the Bible was talking about. That's who the saints were talking about. And he just spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, all these kind of philosophical and scientific arguments for the existence of God kind of fall away. Because then you can go, yeah, you can have all these reasons, but I've met him. And that's all I need. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Beautiful, Isaiah. And so, uh, again, you are open to, to your faith. but uh, And then you were, uh, obviously you didn't get this call uh, by uh, playing video games and watching TV. Mm-hmm. It was in a, a moment of silence and your... Uh, uh, becoming aware of God's presence, becoming aware of God's relationship, and uh, uh, now accepting this call. What does that? What has that done for you? Um, uh, can can you? Can I just ask you that? What has yeah. it really done for you, Isaiah? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's done a couple of things. So one, uh, I was a narcissistic teenager, so when, <laughs> as most are going through high school, and so um, it was kind of the first Doug's time. Doug's smiling yeah. over here. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, Can't yeah, argue with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, it really. Uh, even after the first call, and I've seen it continue, it really has drawn me out of myself. Uh, so where I was before worried about what other people thought of me and was I doing enough uh, or what else do I need to uh, do to gain the approval of others or how can I gain myself happiness in my life, uh, which is just a weight that's too heavy for anyone to bear. And so uh, overall, it's giving me a lo- given me a lot of freedom. So instead of uh, being worried about how the other person's looking at me, I'm more so now focused on how is God looking at them and trying to see them in that same light. Um, and that gives me uh, freedom to act in ways that I didn't know were possible, uh, love in deeper ways that I also didn't know possible. The friendships, uh, I really, uh, I had great friendships in high school, but I didn't really know how great friendships could be until I got to seminary, in which you have 50 men living in a building all willing to lay down their life for the other, uh, and really wanting the best for his brother. And so, yeah, overall, I'd have to say the freedom it's given uh, uh, to live well and to love others in uh, profound ways that I didn't know were possible before. Uh, has been uh, truly a great gift um, wow. in that way. Great story, great story. When I was, um, when we took him out there for the first year, Isaiah and I had a very nice long trip uh, to Washington D.C. And the one of the formators at the beginning said that parents, you sh- should expect your sons to change when you see them, and so if not then you should hold us accountable for that. And when he came home for that first Christmas, I could tell spiritually that he was different. And, uh-huh. and it was beautiful to see, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, and it helped us realize uh, to where we come in for that support and, and introduction, uh, not introduction, but how much he introduced us to this faith and even deepened ours as a family. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Isaiah, uh, if, if I can take another term you use, freedom. Mm-hmm. Said, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a freedom, and uh, I'm thinking that uh, uh, how there are folks out there thinking, well, okay, so he's committed his life, and uh, and now he feels free. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you unpack that a little bit for us? That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so something that I actually had to come to grips with as well, like coming out of high school, was I was very much so under the impression that freedom meant. Uh, I can do what I want without consequence, um, and uh, which is kind of a, a result of uh, original sin, uh, the desire to do what one uh, wants to do wi- uh, without consequence. And that's really not uh, true freedom, as I be, uh, found out that uh, one always uh, obeys something, whether it's obeying sin or obeying God, obeying your uh, uh, passions uh, or uh, some other thing. You're always kind of uh, following something, whether you're aware of it or not. And so just making the choice then of uh, what it was that I wanted to follow and who it was I wanted to listen to. So instead of Satan and uh, sin and all these lies, starting to actually listen to God and follow what he was asking of me. Uh, like I said, led to this freedom. And this freedom's interesting, and many writers comment on it, how it's very paradoxical, how the Christian faith calls for a complete blind surrender and praises this perfect obedience to God, and yet this is the source of our freedom. 
Um, and I'd say uh, the biggest difference is this freedom that one has, whereas one before uh, having this conversion of the heart is, in, uh, is wrapped in these chains of the self in which they feel the weight, uh, like I said before, of trying to gain the approval of others, the weight of trying to find that happiness in their own life. And uh, every turn they take, they just can't seem to find it. Uh, and it's a very heavy feeling. But once you uh, come to listen to God, and then you have the freedom to love others instead of just trying to fix yourself, uh, that is what gives you the freedom to have joy and happiness and even feel sorrow and pain without, uh, while still remaining at peace. And so I'd say that's the biggest uh, crux of freedom, is being able to have this peace throughout the trials, throughout the joys, and then uh, having, like I said, the freedom to love others, be aware of what they're going through instead of focusing on what they can do for me. Um, and that leads to uh, almost this... I don't want to say, uh, yeah, it's not the, I said frivolousness, but this, like, um, this peaceful not worrying about the world while still being attentive to it. Uh, that is a really beautiful thing. Mm. Yes, uh, we have one minute left, uh, Isaiah. I, I, just uh, I just want to thank you for taking some time out to, to be with us today. I want to thank you for answering the question the call that you received from God himself to become a priest of Jesus Christ and and for your witness and for your witness uh, things you've shared with us and uh, you know I, I kept looking at your father's face and I'm, I'm just seeing a, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of happiness in his eyes and uh, really uh, amazement of your strong faith am I right Doug well, uh, <laughs> it was the donuts over there. <laughs> Actually, I'm kidding because uh, as he's talking, it it reminds you how much he's brought to our family Amen. and 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 just uh, personally ourselves to grow in our faith. So it is it's been very um, on both ends. But and I can't say enough for everybody out there. Please continue to pray for your seminarians. They do need prayer every day. Right. Okay. Well, wonderful. With that note that our seminarians need prayer, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to, to pray for our seminarians. Uh, with that, we have to say goodbye to our, our, our good seminarian, Isaiah Jillick. Thank you, Isaiah, for coming. We have to go to a break right now. When we come back, uh, we're going to be, uh, our guest will be Cliff Naylor from KFYR-TV in Bismarck. He is the assignment editor for KFYR. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Cliff Naylor. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.